God bless you and praise the Lord, everybody. This is Dr. Valerie Simpson. And this is Elder Daniel Simpson. And we are with Reset Forever Ministries podcast. Today we are in Union Gospel Press and we are going to be teaching the second lesson of this quarter, which is December uh, the 13th of 2020. Number lesson number two is going to be found in the book. We're in the New Testament this quarter. All I think all of uh, these lessons are in the book of uh, St. John, aren't they? Yes, yeah, so we're in St. John this time. Again, we're in chapter number one. This time we're in verses 29 through 42. And the topic of the lesson is Jesus's first disciples. All right, we're just going to go ahead through the lesson. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and give it over to Elder Simpson to begin the teaching. God bless you, Elder. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is a good lesson because People have been looking for the Messiah, right? They have been looking for the Messiah for years. And um, unfortunately, some people are still looking for the Messiah. I just read something that uh, there's a rabbi pronouncing that Jesus, or not Jesus, but the Messiah is going to return somewhere between the 15th and 16th of September in the year 2021. So you're still hearing this. He's here, he's there, he's coming. And, uh, you know, they're looking. But this is the actual recorded and validated uh, story of the coming of the Messiah. And John is going to tell us in such a spectacular, phenomenal way how he recognized this is the Messiah. So Yes, um, as we stated in last week's lesson, mm-hmm. God gave John... Baptist, a sign. Right. Because he was baptizing so many people Amazing. during his ministry. A lot of people was coming to hear him preach. And he was repenting and he was baptizing them, turning the children back unto the Father. That's That was what his... Per- it was time. Mm-hmm. It was time for that reconciliation. And in doing so, Christ our Lord mm-hmm. came to be baptized. Because it behooved him to fill all the scriptures. So, but in this lesson, we get a kind of a revelation what John is saying when Christ came to be baptized. Yes, we do. And this is the very first verse of the lesson. The next day, John saw Jesus coming up to him mm-hmm. and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Okay. So let's talk about the Lamb of God because in the Old Testament we have types and shadows right. of the Lamb. Right. They He gave that so that they would understand there is a way to get forgiveness and it comes through the blood of an innocent being. In this case it was a Lamb. So they understood that premise. But now they're getting the Lamb of God. Yes. Okay. This is the Lamb of God. The Lamb. And in the Old Testament, God had already had purposed this. Mm-hmm. 
So we do have types and shadows in the Old Testament of the Lamb of God. Right. And you know, a lot of them, um, you're going to read through the scriptures and you're going to find a lot of times where they really don't understand what Jesus is saying. But he tells them, you know, search the scriptures. They testify of me. So this was uh, an, an example of where he had showed there was going to be a lamb. And he showed the purpose of the lamb. And now when you get to the lamb of God, then you should parallel or correlate it back to that type or that shadow of the lambs and their purpose and the value that they had upon your life. Yes, and it also shows that God always had a plan of salvation for, oh, yeah. for humanity. Before the foundation of the world. Because he loved man so. He did. He so loved the world. And so he sent his son to, to, to be a redeemer for those who God will chose to be part of his family. And actually, the only thing that, that the only stipulation was that you had to want it. And you had to surrender to it. So he didn't overlook it. It was available to everybody, but everybody didn't choose it. And everybody didn't esteem it. So, Well, you got an enemy who will deceive roadblocks and, mm -hmm. and like you say, it would deceive folks. Mm -hmm. But the scriptures already revealed that Satan was a liar from the beginning. And, right. he, and the scriptures tell humanity mm -hmm. or man not to trust the enemy. Right. But nonetheless. Nonetheless. So God, in his infinite wisdom, mm -hmm. he's always had a plan of salvation for fallen man. And the first type of example we find of, 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 of a lamb is when God told Abraham to take Isaac to a place mm -hmm. I'm going to show you and sacrifice him to me. So that was that Mount Moriah episode. Yes. Yeah. That's in Genesis chapter 22. Okay. And when you read in that scenario, that mm -hmm. event, mm -hmm. God was showing you his purpose to bring redemption to man. And this is what I love about Abraham and, and Isaac. Mm -hmm. They allow God to use them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to perform this uh, uh, this type that God was going to give to man, mm -hmm. we know Christ was going to be the final sacrifice mm -hmm. or the ultimate sacrifice. But Abraham and Isaac is playing this role out to kind of like bring what was in eternity into the present. So I like the fact that that story, a lot of people teach it and preach it from the standpoint that Abraham was willing to give his son, his only son. You know, like something that uh, Elder Einstein said the other day, he was saying that his only son, but when he looked, there was another son, right? There was Ishmael, but this was the one that God had counted. So the thing to me um, that also occurs in my mind is that not only was he willing to give, but he's wanting us to look at the fact that there was no reason that this child, well, he's probably a teenager, right? Yes. So he, you know, take on being murdered, you know, so that God could have a sacrifice. This was an innocent being, an innocent, um, you know, person. 
which is the correlation to Jesus. There's no guilt on him. There's no reason that, you know, his life would have to be given. But they have been using lambs. So now it goes to the extent of where it is going to touch the death of the person who's sacrificing. It's going to touch his heart deeply because this is my child, my only son. So God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So if you can imagine what Abraham may have been feeling, then how about the very heart of God who is full of love? God is love. Yes, and, and when you look at um, Genesis 22, you can see that Isaac was willing. Right. You he know, was willing. He was willing. No resistance, protest, or anything. Yeah, he even carried the firewood. Mm -hmm. He even asked his father, where, where's, where's the life? sacrifice? Where's the sacrifice? And Abraham, by faith, said, God will provide himself a sacrifice. And he did. And he did. Mm-hmm. And when Abraham raised his hand to sacrifice his son, mm -hmm. he heard a voice said, Stay thy hand, Abraham. Now, he was fully persuaded that uh, Isaac was the sacrifice. Yes, and God was able <laughs> and to God raise was, him And up. that God was able to raise, even if he took the sacrifice, slew it, and then they burned it, and ashes and reduced to nothing but ashes that could blow away in the wind, he was fully convinced that God could somehow collect every molecule and put it back together back and give him yeah, his son back, back to him. Yes. And um, But God had, God's like, yeah, there's a sacrifice. But to Abraham's surprise and delight and joy and gratitude, it was the ram in the thicket yeah. that God had did. Isn't God good when you yes. really give? And then he's like, he's, you think that this is gonna, this is gonna hurt so bad. And then he raises up and shows you, here's the sacrifice over here. And when Abraham sacrificed that ram, mm -hmm. and with that blood mm -hmm. that that ram had shed, mm -hmm. that was a covenant between God and man yeah. that I will sacrifice my only begotten son. That was the foretelling of exactly the extent that God was going to go through for all humanity. Once and for all. And see, that's what we have to realize and understand when we're looking at the scripture <clears throat> that every covenant between God and man Mm -hmm. always had to be ratified or sealed or signed in blood. Well, yeah, I think uh, Hebrew says that almost all things are purged by blood. Yes. So you have to have blood. God has to see blood because life is in the blood. It also signifies that something has suffered and died if it was done properly. And with that, he would count it righteousness because with that death of that in individual or the a that animal went the death of your sins. Now, they weren't washed away like they are now, but it covered them so that it wouldn't bring death to you who deserve death because the wages of sin are, is death. So, but because of that death, you can keep on living. Yeah, we could be eternal life. Eternal. And that's why John had with great confidence mm -hmm. that behold the Lamb of God. And we read in Matthews that when Jesus came to the baptism, yeah. and John said, I have need to be baptized of thee. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, because he was so enamored by what he saw. And I love the words that he says here in the lesson. He says, um, you know, I knew him not. What verse is that? I, I don't maybe I shouldn't skip to that, but that part, that every time I read that, it just sends something through me. He said, I didn't know who he was, but he that sent me to baptize told me that I would know him because I would see the spirit descending upon him. Oh, okay. It just it just enamors me. I'm I get, I get caught up. But that every time I think about John, almost the book of John, that's the first thing that I think about. That just takes me takes my breath away. But anyway, let's let's take our time and get there. Yes. So we can see just how much God loved humanity, mm-hmm. even way back in Genesis. Mm-hmm. Oh, before, before the foundation this. of the world. Of course. He declared the end from the beginning. Yes. And saw all this. But one thing I like about God is, He would write the plan of salvation. Mm-hmm. In those Old Testament mm-hmm. saints, in their life, mm-hmm. they would have to live out and walk out God's purpose which was his whole plan for salvation and in Genesis chapter 22 we see Abraham and Isaac doing their part right to confirm through the ratification of the blood and making it legal making God obligated to his word right that he will provide humanity a lamb and that's and that was what he said and and they looked for it you know the scripture says i think it's what uh, they searched those we're talking about the prophets what right and those that would come before us um but i think it was peter if i can just uh let me see they were searching for it is um and give me just a second because this is pertinent to the lesson. Okay, it's Peter, 1 Peter 1 and 11, said that they searched for, speaking of the Old Testament saints, Mm -hmm. searching for what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand uh, of the sufferings of Christ. So it was, he's, he's saying even then they knew that there was going to be a suffering Savior. It testified in them. So those that were looking forward um, were, were knowing there was more than a lamb. It was going to be a Messiah. And he was going to take away the sins of the world. And it signified, it. the Bible says the spirit of Christ was in those prophets in them. And we used to say, you know, when we were growing up, we were learning the word, you know, teenagers and in our early adulthood. And we used to say, oh, well, they didn't have it in them like we did. They, It just moved on them. You know, we think about people like Samson. But it was in them. And with it being in them, it signified about the coming and the suffering of Christ. Some powerful stuff. So I did look up the Lamb of God, mm-hmm. and it said to be called a Lamb of God meant that God gave Jesus to be crucified okay. like a lamb for our sins so that we could live forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And washed in his blood of the Lamb as his blood was spilt upon the earth or, or spilt upon his death 
to the cleansings of the sins of humanity. Well, that was necessary because that all got ruined with Adam, right? He did all, what he did, his simple failure or his neglect to stand up and prevent the sin by taking that fruit and partaking of it. He threw the whole world into Holocaust, so to speak, because they were going to lose their souls. Um, many people were going to lose their souls. And so, you know, death reigned because of that for a while. But uh, it was necessary to undo what Adam had done. He was the first man, Adam. And then the second man, Adam, now he's coming on the scene. And according to Romans, he's going to undo all of this. And we know that being the lamb, his blood mm. will speak better things than that of Abel. Abel. Right. Because that blood spoke. Wow. I mean, didn't it? Yeah, according to Genesis chapter 4, mm-hmm. when God asked his brother Cain, What have you done? Am I my brother's keeper? He said, I hear his blood speaking from the ground. My God. To me. My God. And Jesus' blood that he shed on Calvary for our sin and to redeem us speaks way better things than the blood of goats, calves, and even the blood of Abel. And, and I don't think we know how fully dynamic it was. We think it was just a murder. You know, that occurred out in the field. But uh, it was bloodletting, and the blood cried out to God. Because it was righteous. Yeah. And because he had a, he was in covenant relationship with God. Yes, he was. And God had respect unto his sacrifice That's that right. he gave to God. Yes. And now he was in, in covenant relationship with God. Right. And when he died... His blood cried out. The blood and kept God living, didn't it? Didn't the blood keep living? Righteous. And pled. And, pled. Ooh. and we are covered by the blood of Christ. His blood speaks for us. But it speaks better things than that better. blood of, that Abel's blood was crying out to the ground for vengeance. And, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dwell on the earth. I'm not going to have descendants. I'm not going to continue to serve and give sacrifices. All this has been taken. His blood was crying to God. And God comes to, Abel comes to Cain, what have you done? Do you realize what you have done? So this blood. And then the blood of, of lambs and goats, the blood of Christ speaks a better thing than what they spoke. And only they can speak of what was written in the law. And which was just to cover that sin for one year. Yes. That's it. That's all it did. And we, you don't even get the dynamics of, we don't read about it in scripture, the dynamics of, uh, you know, the blood speaking out. We just get the fact that the purpose of that blood cover your sins, we're going to sweep it under the rug, you know, in a, in, a, in a, just for a metaphor, for a year. At the end of that, on the Day of Atonement, on the Day of Atonement, it's expired, all your sins are back, and you're guilty again. You want, if you want to be redeemed back to me and have relationship, be called by my name, come and bring another sacrifice. That's something the high priest had to do. That only, you couldn't do it for yourself. 
You had to stand out in the sanctuary. While they were in yes. the holiest of all, or the fast. holy of holies. You had to fast that whole day. And you had to stand there, of course, wash mm-hmm. and everything like that. While the high the priest, whole whatever. ceremonial cleansings, yeah. To represent you before God, the mm-hmm. mediator mm-hmm. between God and man. Right. You couldn't go in there empty-handed. You had to go in there with the blood. And you had to go in there with your heart right and your sins off of you. So he better had to make sure he was right. So it was quite an ordeal. There were a lot of requirements. But, you know, it came to a point that God was no longer satisfied with that. That, you know, this is just not, I have a better way. And it's time. It's time to put this better way in place. When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem them that are under the law that they may receive the adoptions of sons whereby we cry Abba Father which means Father God Father God Papa Papa yeah he birthed me into the kingdom into the kingdom of God I am his offspring now yeah because I have the Holy Ghost hallelujah I'm born of his spirit covered by the blood of the Lamb yes Daily being washed in his blood, like Amen. it says in Revelation. Mm-hmm. They overcame because mm-hmm. the word of their testimony. And the blood and the of the blood Lamb. Of the Lamb. Well, let me ask you a question. Um, at this time, you know, they were doing daily sacrifices, right? Evening and morning sacrifices. So what was that all about? I believe it was partially, you know, you had to still give that, that sweet-smelling sacrifice and savor unto God, I guess it was just a a time of, you know, in the morning, send up your worship. And in the evening sacrifice, they were sending up of worship for what had been done all day long. Because God was worthy. Yes, and we got to remember those sacrifices they sent up, I think it was incense. Incense? Yes, incense. And um, they was yeah. a special... It was made special, so when they went out, it was like a sweet-smelling savor unto the Lord. Okay, yeah. And we find in Revelation, those represent the prayers, prayers of, the, of saints, the saints. Okay. The worship of the saints and the sufferings of the saints. Yeah. When you go through things down here in this world, for Christ's namesake, it's like a sweet-smelling savor unto the Lord. And our and our prayers are like fragrance before yes. God. We find out that God loves fragrances. If we read the Old Testament, you know, the apothecaries and the oils and yeah. so forth, he loves fragrance. So when we pray, we're sending fragrances up before God. So not just our petitions, and it's not just a ritual. Just think of it. I'm sending fragrance before the presence yes. of God, which he loves. A pleasant tree. And him. even sin goes up for God and it stinks in his nostrils. And on the other hand, if it's if it's contrary, if it's sinful, if it's unrighteous, especially willful and defiant sins, they go up and they stink. They're, which means they're just totally offensive. To God. To God. And that's what happened with... Um, Aaron, two sons. They offered up strange fire. strange fire. Oh boy, that was a bad day because they were offering up that sacrifice on the altar and the Bible says the fire came out of the Holy of Holies and just burned them right up. Just right there. Because they had their censer and they put some 
they were all dressed in their holy garb and everything. Yes. Okay. And then their little going through their, you know, ritual or whatever had the censers with this strange fire in it on God's holy altar. Okay, you gotta remember Aaron had just came out of the most holy the holy stuff on the day first day of atonement. Yeah, well so what were they doing out, out there? there? Right. Well Aaron had four sons and all of them was just Learning, or he yeah. was kind of tutoring them. And the two oldest boys, they went after their father came out, I guess they saw the glory on him. Mm-hmm. He was in the presence of God. So they took the liberty. Tongue. Yes. Well, well, we see what you've done. Okay, here, well, come on, let's go. No, no, you have to do it God's way. No, sir. No, ma'am. That's a big mistake you're about to commit. And they did it, and the fire came right out of the Holy of Holies and consumed them where they stood. So he lost two sons on the Day of Atonement. Ugh. And we're getting caught up so much in the So let's, let's go, let's finish up this first verse. Oh, Behold the Lamb of God, which take away the sins of the world. Okay. And then in verse 30. Yeah. And this is John still talking. This mm-hmm. is whom? I said, after me cometh the man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And that word preferred means he was chosen before or he have a special status. A special status, uh, a preeminence. um, And a special status is he is the Lamb of God. He, okay, he was preferred. In, in, in other words, who I am is nothing significant, yes, no. insignificant to who he is. Yes. Okay. Because I'm just here to prepare his way. That's it? I'm just preaching and baptizing, yep. preparing the children of the hearts. Right. Or bringing the children hearts back to the, the Father. Back to Father. Trying to get them back to the law. So I'm baptized for removal of Back to sins. the Father, meaning back to God. God I'm the, trying to restore the these people. And the people are his children. Yeah. And I'm trying to connect his children back to him, the Father, God. So they can receive their Messiah. Yeah. Because now he's going to come and give them the other baptism. Right. Instead of him showing up and nobody's prepared them or kind of, you know, yeah. s- you know, cast the die and set things in place and let them know this is... It's about to happen, but let's 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 get ready for this. Yes, because John said, "Truly, I baptize with water, mm-hmm. but he that comes after me is going to baptize you with fi- Holy Ghost Close. and fire. fire." Yes. So he just preparing them to get the next baptism, and which was just the baptism unto repentance, which is a good. Um, uh, uh, a good thing for them to know. Repentance comes first, and then the baptism. Okay. So verse 31. 31. Mm-hmm. And I knew him not, but that mm. he should be made manifested to Israel. Though Therefore am I come baptizing with water. Okay. So let's go to Mark 1 and 9. Okay. Mark 1. And number number nine says, And it came to pass in in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. Yeah. You want to read further? No. Okay. So this is John and Mark giving it. Mark's account. Stay in Mark. Oh, 
Okay. Give me a recent one. Okay. Mark's account. This is Mark's account. Kind of bear witness to what John is saying. Right. That Jesus came to be baptized. Now, last week we looked at Matthew's account where Jesus came to be baptized. Right. And they kind of support each other. Mm -hmm. But we want to see that Christ did come to be baptized of John. Of John. So we see that here in Mark's account too. Yes. Um, and then verse 32. And John bare record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove. Okay, you're in, in, in chapter, you're back in John. You're yeah, back in the lesson, but then I want you to go to chapter uh, verse 10 of chapter Mark. 1. Yes. Okay, so I'm back in, I'm in Mark. Uh, chapter 1 verse 10 and straightway coming up out of the water he saw the heavens opened and the spirit like a dove descended upon him yes so now John he's bearing witness because remember the Pharisees came to him asking him so John goes into this and says this is what God told me Right, because they had the they had the Pharisees had to go back and give an answer and all yes, that. Yes, so John said, "This is what God told me that in His baptism, the one that come out of the water mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit descended upon him like that's a dove. That's the Lamb of God. That's, that's the, the Lamb Messiah. of God. And so when He baptized them in verse number nine in Jordan, verse ten said, and straightway, which means right then and there." Cometh uh, right then and there, coming coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open. open. What a majestic sight! Wow! And the spirit of it, like a dove descending, so it's coming out of this this heavens open up. Yes. They're standing at the at the um the banks of the Jordan. The heavens open up, and this dove just comes down and descends and rests upon Jesus. And there came a voice mm -hmm. from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Three spectacles the, the, uh, after the baptism. The heavens open. Yes. A dove comes out of the heavens. Yes. Descends and rests upon Jesus. And then thirdly, the a witness. voice. The Father bear witness. Witness. So the, 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 the heavens bore witness. The dove bore Holy witness. Spirit, the, and the God Father. himself bore witness. Okay. With this is. It was a declaration. My beloved. Have you ever Father. seen anything like that? Can you imagine going on vacation and seeing something like that? Can you imagine being out of Belle Isle and seeing something like that? Or just somewhere in a, a place and seeing something like, you know, everything is totally beyond human ability. Yeah. Nobody could have staged this. No, this is God bringing salvation to humanity. So What, what Abraham and Isaac did in chapter 22 of Genesis... Mm -hmm. God fulfilled it. He fulfilled it. With his son, Christ our Lord, mm -hmm. and himself. Right. The Heavenly Father. Right. And at John's baptism, 
we get the Lamb of God. And so out of all... The type of shadow has been fulfilled. Type and shadow has been fulfilled. And so out of all of these accounts, this is the Messiah, this is the Messiah. Well, I don't see any of these events as much of a spectacle as this. I don't see anything going beyond this human event. Now you got this rabbi saying, oh yeah, September 15th and 16th of 2021. They're still doing it. They're still doing it. But do you have anything like what happened here? And this is not a joke. It's very faithful. All right? So verse 33 of the lesson said, And I knew him not, mm -hmm. but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descend and remain on him, the same as he which baptized with the Holy Ghost. That's the one. Yes. So this is the confirmation that God has given John that when he saw that vision, the heavens opened up and the, the spirit lightened upon him in the bodily shape of a dove and the voice said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Mm -hmm. He's saying, this is he who's going to baptize, which means Christ is going to baptize us with the Holy Ghost. So I want you to go to Acts okay. chapter one. Okay. I get a little I get a little uh you know inquisitive then, you know, how John, after seeing and hearing all this, you know, gets to the are you the one or do I look for another one? But anyway, Acts chapter one. First. Verse four and five. Four and five. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not many days hence. Yes. It's not going to be long from now. Yes. You're, about to get, you're about to get this fire baptism of the Holy Ghost. So this is after Christ's resurrection. Mm -hmm. He went to the Father, and, and now he had promised the Holy Promise. We know what a promise is. The promise of the guarantee. Yeah, a promise is a is a, a oath or a, a vow. A vow that God was going to do this. Yeah. And Jesus, in his earthly ministry, talked about the Holy Ghost. I'm going to leave and send you another Comforter. Right, right. That's going to lead you and guide you all truth. Mm -hmm. Christ promised that he was going to send another Comforter, mm -hmm. the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. And now he's fulfilling this promise. And this is a good thing because they have been afraid when Jesus had descended, uh, ascended, you know, and took um, when he he was in the garden, and, and then he had been on the cross, and then he they went to the tomb and he wasn't there, and you know, and so they were pretty pretty much a little bit forlorn, you know. He's not with us. Right. He's been taken. He's been crucified. They were gathered together. And then look at this. Look at this. He, he comes and he speaks to them in the book of Acts. And so many things that occur, but I'm jumping to the book of Acts. And he said, now John indeed baptized with water. Yes. But there's one. But now in, you're about to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire that was spoken of by John. Yes. The one that comes after me. And guess what? You've been waiting. You've been wondering. You've been watching. It was just few days from now it's going to actually occur. Well the scripture said these signs shall follow them that believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's Mark in the 14th chapter. Yeah. In my name 
you shall cast out devils. If you take up any deadly thing, it shall not harm you. It shall not harm you. You shall speak with new tongues. These were some of the signs. Yeah. You lay hands on the sick. So he, these are yeah. yeah. These are some of the signs that see. He's just confirming it over and over in so many ways. Yes. That this is him. This is the power of God. This is Emmanuel, God with us. The yes. kingdom of heaven has come because the things of the kingdom you know, pertain to the king. The king is working in the kingdom. He's working in baptism. He's working in fire baptism. He's working in raising the dead. He's working in infilling them with gifts. He's working in allowing them to speak with new tongues and, and to lay hands. And he's working through his church. And he's working through his church to this day. And we should be equally as uh, excited because it's just as much of a phenomenal yes, phenomenon should, and promise. We should have these expectations when yeah. we come to church. Church, when we come to his altar, which is his table, yeah. every Sunday, mm-hmm. we should have expectation that God is going to deliver. He's going to do miracles, signs, and wonders because he promised it. And and some of those miracles... He shed his blood for it. Oh, he purchased the church with his blood. Yes. And so some of these are, you know, you're seeing people now. More people are coming to the Lord. More people are being baptized. They're seeing the signs. And some of them are humbling to them. More people are being filled. More people are being baptized. More people are turning their hearts unto God. These are miracles of redemption. God is redeeming many lost souls. And many that are um, broken are being healed. Many that are alone are being placed in families. He's doing all kinds of signs and wonders. And they're happening. So we should be excited. This lesson is really... You know, it's about the first disciples, but all these things we've been saying, you know, fo- disciple is a follower of Christ. We're going to get into the disciples. All right, let's go there. So verse 35. Okay, is that Acts? No, we're, in the, we're back. Go in back to the lesson. All right, so in 135 of John, it reads, Again the next day after mm-hmm. John stood and two of his disciples, his, uh-huh. And, and they looked upon, upon Jesus, Jesus as he walked. And said, Behold, the Lamb of God. That's what John said. He said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Mm-hmm. He's already been baptized. It seems like it was a halting moment, yes, right? He's already been filled with the Spirit. He uh-huh. already got his confirmation. Okay. This is my beloved Son, who I'm well pleased. John okay. already got the vision. Heaven's opening up. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit descended upon the body shape of of a dove, mm-hmm. John knows and recognizes and points him out to two of his disciples. The Lamb of God. I baptized many people. Mm-hmm. Came to my baptism. Mm-hmm. That's the Lamb Let of God. Him, he's letting them know. <laughs> this is it. This is this is the one. And then verse number. And look where two of his, these two disciples. These are two of John's disciples. Now they're gonna be, be become Christ's disciples. At least one of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. So so thirty seven. Yes. And the and the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and said unto them, "What seek ye, or what are you looking for?" They said unto him, "Rabbi," which is to say, being interpreted, "Master, where dwellest thou? Where do you live?" Verse number thirty-nine. He said unto them. 
come and see. You know, he didn't send them away or, you know. They came and they saw where he dwelt and abode with him all that day. And it was the 10th hour. They had come into his presence. They had found the Messiah. They were persuaded. Where do you live? We want to be with you. We want to know where to find you. And they went. he invited them. He forbid them not. He invited them. They came and they stayed with him all day. Mm, verse 40. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew. Okay. Simon Peter brother. Simon Peter's brother was one of those two disciples of John that followed and stayed with Jesus all day. All right. He first findeth his brother Simon and said unto him, We found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is interpreted a stone. He begins to pronounce a prophecy over his life. So why did he change his name from Simon to Peter? Or well, you know, when I go through the rest of the stories, I see that, um, uh, like, for example, Nathaniel, you know, he said, you're a great man of God. He had beheld him before. And I am, you know, Jesus knows uh, he's, his disciples as they come. He knows their character. He knows their personality. He knows what their future is. And he had beheld Simon and some of the things that were to occur. And he said, you're going to be called Cephas. That's a stone. Okay. So he changed his name from, from Simon to Peter. To, yeah, Cephas or Peter, which is interpreted. Uh, Cephas, which is a stone. What does he say? Behold, the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Okay? What well, he say? Simon means hot tempered or violent. Well, he was truly all that. Wasn't and we he? know that when you read this, the, the Gospels, uh, Peter was. Mm -hmm. A little bit more oh, <laughs> aggressive. Oh, yeah. They didn't, you couldn't, Peter was not one. He had been one of that group which were radicals. You know which group I'm talking about? I can't think of the name of them. But they were very radical. They were a group of radicals. And so Peter was one of them. It was kind of like he was one of uh, a group that, you know, hey, I, I will hurt you. I, I, will, I won't play with you. And Peter had that character about himself. And so he was a radical, hot-headed <laughs> kind of person. And uh, he would react. Not respond, but he would react. So, you know, um, one of the two. Um, just a second. Okay, he was hot-headed, tempered, volatile, violent. But there was a group. I can't remember the name of it. I hate when I do that. But it was... I'll, I'll figure it out later instead of dwelling on it. But that's that was part of uh, he what he was by nature. He would respond in violence by nature. Can, can I, if you allow me to say it, you weren't going to punk him. I'm just saying it. Because... 
they walk on people. You know, they the Romans, they were under Roman rule. Mm-hmm. And the Romans were tragically um, uh, unconcerned about humanity. They were ruthless. And they did things, but Peter had this boldness about himself and a temper that if you struck him, he would strike back. Also, Peter, when, God, when the Lord changed his name, yeah, Jesus gave Peter revelation that he said, Simon Peter, so he called him Simon Peter. Right. And then after his conversion, it was Peter. Right. Satan desired to have you. To sift you. Sift you as weak. He won't break you down. <clears throat> of course he did. Because the Lord had purpose for Simon. Mm-hmm. And he was a mighty man already. I mean, he kind of jumped ahead of himself and he kind of did things in a radical way and didn't think his ways out and allow himself to be governed, you know, by good thinking and clear, you know, decision making. But the Lord told Peter that once you get confer- get converted, strengthen your brethren, feed my sheep. Yeah, he said. He said um, when you convert, um, yeah, strengthen your brethren. And then he also said, Peter, do you love me? Yeah. And yeah, I love you. He said, well, okay, Peter, feed my, feed my sheep. And then he, Peter, now Peter, do you love me? Now he's not calling him Simon. Right. He's calling him Peter. Peter, do you love me? Yes, yes, I love you. Feed my lamb. Peter, Third Peter, time, do, yes. do you love me? Feed my sheep. Sometimes, you know, when it's re- reinforced, it's there to leave that indelible impression in your mind. And I guess sometimes some people need that reinforcement because other than that, it may slip them or it may not be embedded the way that it needs to be for them to act on it. But he put that thing in Peter in such a way where feeding the sheep was emphatically his role. And you also got to look at Peter also. Mm. He denied Christ three times. Oh, yeah. I mean, he loved well, Christ. Well, he denied him before the, the cock had crowed three times. Yes. So, yeah. So he, did, he definitely did. He had some issues. But that was before he got converted, before he got filled with the Holy Spirit in the second chapter of Acts. Right, right. You know. And when he did, he preached, he preached that first Pentecostal message. Yes, and this is the reason why I want to bring Peter up in this lesson. Because sometimes when people get saved, mm-hmm. especially young people, they kind of waver in their faith. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're for the Lord and sometimes they're not. When things are going good, mm-hmm. they can serve God. And sometimes you're all about serving them and like Peter was, sometimes you're out fishing. So he, had to, you know, yeah. he pulls us in. You have an assignment. You have a call. Yes. And when Jesus showed up again, he jumped in the water because he was out there and he knew he, he had abandoned his responsibilities but he had a heart of repentance yes he loved the lord because like you said when 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 christ rose from the grave and they went out fishing and he stood on the the lord stood on the on the shore Mm -hmm. and he said cast your your net over this side of the ship well we've been toiling all night (laughs) but if you say so and then they put it they did what they were told and he did he caught so much fish that broke the net yes and Peter recognized it was the Lord, mm-hmm. jumped so in the water, and swam to that shore. 
And the Lord had a fire already there, mm-hmm. ready to break bread with them, have communion with them. Yeah. And told them, go to Jerusalem until you be endured. Until you be endured, yeah. Well. And he would baptize them with the Holy Spirit. And also, I want to go to Second Peter. Okay. There a little bit. Chapter ago. one. Second Peter. Okay. Um. You got it. Chapter one. Yep. What verse? Thirteen. Thirteen. Yay, I think it meet as long... Oh, Second Peter, okay, chapter 1. I'm in First Peter. First Peter, First okay, Peter. sounds like we're getting off track a little bit. Okay, 1 and 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Yes. Be sober, which means be clear-minded, be alert, pay attention. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Christ. Go down to 21. All right. Read all of this. At the revelation of Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. Don't go back to that. Don't go back in the world. Right. But as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Be holy in your lifestyle. That's right. Yeah. Don't, don't be casual and allow yourself to let down and start taking on some of these unworldly characteristics because they'll increase until you're back to where you were. Yes. All right. And in verse number 15, um, but as he, verse number 16, because it is written, be holy for I am holy, 17. And if you call on the Father, who without respect to persons, judges according to every man's work, Pass the time of your sojourning here with fear, which means reverence. reverence. And sojourning means you just traveling through here. This your is journey. not yep. your permanent home. This is not your continuing place. This is not your forever. There is something else, and you're trying to get to it. You're on your way to you're for, your, your way forever. To so your spend your heaven. time on this journey in reverence it's and reverence. respect. Respect and awe of God. Absolutely. Verse number 18, for as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your vain conversation and received by tradition from the fathers. So it's you weren't bought with silver and gold. But verse number 19 says, but with the precious blood, precious of, Christ, blood of Christ as a lamb without spot and without, without blemish and without spot. So remember, I bought you. I redeemed you. I purchased Christ you. Purchased and the and, and the cost was my very blood. Verse number 20. Yes. Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. He was ordained to be the, the Savior of the world. To be the Lamb of to God. To be the Lamb of God before the world was ever founded. But... It was to be. It wasn't to happen until these last times. It wasn't even for the prophets and all of them. They looked for it, but it was for your time. And now you get this that the prophets wanted and heard. And see, about. And this, I want to bring that in the lesson that here was Peter, mm-hmm. a disciple in this lesson. Yeah. Christ changed his name from uh-huh. Simon to Peter mm-hmm. because he was volatile. We can see his walk with Christ. He he did some things. He was outspoken. He was yes, aggressive. He was. <laughs> 
he 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 stumbled, if you will. Yeah, he erred. You know, but, but he wasn't counted out. Yes, but God, Christ loved him and gave him special attention when he came back. Right, and, and here, that was to let him know I, I'm receiving you wholeheartedly. Yes. And here is Peter, right? This awesome lesson. Mm-hmm. His, his first and second Peter, and I wanted to bring this into the lesson because he recognized also that Christ was the Lamb of God, still is the Lamb of God, according to Revelation. And we've been redeemed by his precious blood. So get rid of that old conversation while we sojourning through here Mm -hmm. on our way to heaven. Amen. Well, I want to read verse 21 before we pray out. Go ahead. It says, who by him, who by him, do believe in God, whoever believes in God, that raised up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope will be in God. Now you've got reason to have faith and hope in God. Just God raised him up. Amen. He's going to raise us up also. All right. Not unto him. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. Keep you from falling. To the only wise God, our Savior, be majesty, dominion, and power, both hence now and forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, God bless you, everybody. Join us next week for another session of Reset Forever Ministries podcast. We do love you and we're keeping you in our prayers. God bless.